0: All right, let's get uh, another guest on the show now to talk about a whole host of things, including how your cricket team, your cricket club, can have, well, uh, the benefits of speaking to a uh, cricketing legend through the NatWest Cricket Force 2014 campaign. We're joined by the former England cricket captain, Michael Vaughan. Morning to you, Michael. Morning, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I should also introduce you as uh, Ian Snowden's drinking partner, Michael Vaughan, as well. (laughs) Is he still on it like he used to be? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Uh, Michael, great to to have you on the show. We're going to be hearing about the uh, Cricket Force campaign. Uh, First off, I've I've got to ask you, how many questions have you been asked in the last six weeks about Kevin Peterson?
1: Well, it's become a a topic of conversation in the pub, in the street. Um, You know, for so long, you know, I guess cricket doesn't get too much of a mention, but, you know, Kevin Peterson's box office is, you know, one of the few names that people in the street know exactly who he is uh, because of the way that he's played and also because he's been front page back page news and you know i think the the, the fact that he's, he's no longer going to play for England, I, i've moved on for it i didn't agree with the decision but i think the whole game has to move on and just realize that he's been an outstanding player for england flamboyant you know uh, box office played the game in the right way in terms of aggression um you know, he, he really was a, a, in, in my time a dream to captain because you knew that he had that ability to take the game from the opposition, and within a two or three-hour window, he could win you a Test match. And there's not many players in the world that's been able to do that. So, in terms of what the English public see, uh, it'd be disappointing that they don't see a player like Peterson anymore. But there's many other players that will step up to the mark, and you know, a, a, an individual will always be replaced in in, in a team environment. In, I'm not saying that he's is an individual, but any individual that moves on and, and, and gets either sacked or retires, I'm afraid you, you only talk about them for a few months and then it's all about the next generation and that's exactly how it should be.
0: What's it like you know, when you're, when you're trying to manage a, a dressing room and maybe there'll be young cricketers listening to this thinking, well, you know what, some of the responsibilities that come with being an England cricket captain or a, a captain of your, your local team as well, what are those responsibilities that you feel when you've got somebody in the dressing room that maybe? sometimes rubs other people up the wrong way. Is it about just having a, a word in the rear? Is it about maybe setting an example in a different way? How did how did you manage to achieve it?
1: Well, you, you've you got to treat everybody individually. I mean, there's not two individuals, of human beings who are exactly the same. And, you know, we all think differently. We all get motivated by different things. You know, I me mean, as a captain, I needed to know exactly what motivated every single player within the group. Um, I needed to know them on the pitch, off the pitch, and I think that's the, the most important aspect of man management, of knowing the people that you're managing. And, you know, that's all I would ever encourage a, a young leader, a young captain, young manager, is to, to make sure that they know the pe- people that they're managing. Because if you don't, I'm afraid you might get found out. And as long as there's a team structure and a team ethic, uh, which is the most important fencing around the group, and, and every single individual within that group knows exactly what the non-negotiables are, whether it's timekeeping, uh, the right attire... Uh, the right way that we play the game, uh, the right way that we act in and around the group and, and away from the the actual playing side. You know, once any individual steps over the line and starts testing those boundaries, well, you have to stamp down on them. But I always think people like Peterson and, you know, those Mavericks, Flintoffs the same, mm. brilliant cricketers, but they just need managing. You know, you need to spend a bit more time with them and you need to talk to them quite a bit. You have to give them a bit a bit more leeway in certain areas of the game. You know, and that's all about man management there's certain other players that you have to treat completely different you have to treat in a different fashion a different manner uh, you have to be more harsh on some of them you know and you just got to understand the individuals that you, you're managing captaining and try and get the best out of them but you know unfortunately we won't be seeing Peters again so There's no point in talking about him (laughs) all the
0: time. Let's move on. That was it. That was the last word on on Kevin Peterson and his England career. Uh, I'm I'm sure you'd wish. Uh, We've got Michael Vaughan with us. Uh, You mentioned there Andrew Flintoff. Let's just talk about uh, another Lancashire player. I wanted to ask you about uh, Stephen Parry uh, and a dream debut. Three wickets uh, in the game against the West Indies as well. Um, What do you like about Stephen Parry?
1: Well, I, I, I like his competitive nature. I've played against him in T20 cricket. You know, when I was trying to hack it around during my last couple of years, and you know, I think his angles are good. He's smart, but he's in your face, and I think you need that. I think you need that competitive edge out in the middle and belief in your own ability. You know, he looks like he's he's got that. You know, he'll have he'll have more testing days in a, in an England jersey because I'm sure he'll be the first to admit that the wicket that he bowled in in Antigua was like a dream. You yeah. know, it's like a beach, like bowling in Blackpool. You know, so he'll he'll be delighted with his start, man of the match, three wickets but he'll also be, and, and should be, should be reasonable about the, the fact that he bowled on a nice wicket against the West Indies side that's OK, but nothing special. Uh, and the good thing is that he looked right. He looked in, he looked right in that jersey, and I think that's one of the first things you look at for in a player is do they look right in the jersey? And Ben Stokes looked right a few months ago when he first played for England. You know, in Paris' case yesterday, I know it was a, a nice day to be bowling spin, but he just looked right. He looked like he belonged in an, in, a, in an England shirt and in an England side. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him over the next few months.
0: And obviously with the World T20s just around the corner, you mentioned that, that sort of, you know, almost that crash-bang-wallop style when it when it first emerged. Has it been refined a little bit more, the T20 game?
1: Yeah, there's a bit more skill, there's a, a bit more innovation. And it's purely because there's a lot of people that talk about it and try and overcomplicate it. Uh, I, I still think the best teams just have power. They have a bit of unorthodoxy with, with the ball in hand. Uh, they're good at creating angles that batsmen generally don't see often. I think bit of mystery is is always important. malingers, you know, a bit of a leg spinner or left-arm spit seamers, they seem to have the best effect in T20 cricket. But with the bat, I'm afraid the good old smash down the ground for six or over cow corner is it, still the best method. I mean, you do get... Good players who can go 360 degrees, like Owen Morgan, they have the ramp shots, reverse sweeps, and still can hit the ball down the ground. So they're the best players could can hit the ball 360 degrees. But, you know, the bludgeon of strength, you know, Gales, Pollards, these guys that can just whack it out the ground, you know, pretty much from any delivery... I think that's what T20 is all about, is really producing power and boundaries, sixes and fours.
0: And of course, uh, Michael, there'll be the, the sort of younger players who are going through the ranks at the moment and you're teaming up with Nat West to bring the Cricket Force weekend to a club near you. Just tell us about how young cricketers in the Lancashire area, the Liverpool area, can get involved in this one.
1: Well, yeah, it's not just young cricket, it's 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 cricket clubs and mm. it's in its 12th year, that the Natworth Cricket Force, and it's from the weekend of the 4th to the 6th and we just appeal for all clubs to sign up. Uh, go on to ecb.co.uk forward slash Natworth Cricket Force and it gives you all the information for your club to sign up. It's just sprucing up your facilities, your dressing rooms, your clubhouse, your side screens, your covers, your nets, just making sure that you're club is in the best state possible for the season ahead and there's also an opportunity for every club that signs up and we've already had over 1950 clubs signed up this year, there was 1968 last year hopefully get over 2000 for 2014 Uh, there's a chance that you'll get an ex-England player come and visit your club on a Friday night for the the new domestic T20 tournament the NatWest Blast, there's going to be three clubs win an ex-England cricketer that will arrive on a Friday night, watch the NatWest Blast game with your club, with your your teams and you can have a fundraising evening around it, so that's a great opportunity for all the clubs that sign up.
0: Fantastic stuff, and I guess because it's a DIY theme they
1: could put up a couple of shelves maybe? Shelves, anything, you need all, (laughs) you know, you need your plumbers, any any plumbers in the area, builders, plumbers, (laughs) gardeners, grass, look after the grass at your cricket club, so any gardeners that can help out the local community cricket club, make sure that you pop down from the 4th to the 6th of April.
0: Fantastic stuff, and Michael, we've done a lot on grassroots football here on the show, talking about the facilities that maybe some some teams have got to put up with at the moment. What, What have you seen From the world of cricket, may you have thought maybe well a little bit of extra investment here or a little bit of extra help when it comes to just the maintenance of some of these buildings and the shower blocks and things like that uh, that can make a real difference for
1: these clubs. Yeah, I I look at net facilities, you know, practice facilities for kids. You know, I think you know you want the best dress rooms and the best showers, but you can get away with them. You know, I think you can cope without not having the greatest showers or the greatest dress rooms, but. For our kids to play and, and, and be the next Petersons and Swans and Jimmy Andersons, you need good surfaces, so good net facilities, good squares so you can play on good wickets. You know, if you're playing on cabbage patches and farmers' fields, I'm afraid you're not <laughs> going to choose that many great cricketers. So I think the actual surfaces that the kids play on are so important. So that's why the Cricket Force Weekends, if anyone can get down to the local clubs and spruce up the net facilities and just make them as good as they possibly can be to just give the next generation the best possible chance. That's the way that we can inspire the next generation.
0: Absolutely. And a a quick uh, search online of NatWest Cricket Force will bring up all the details as well. well. Former uh, England captain Michael Vaughan, thank you for your time. Cheers, thank you. Or as Ian Snowdell would say, cheers.